all the places you'll go. It is one of the greatest books ever written by Dr. Seuss. Don't even try to argue with me on this point. Maybe one of the greatest books in all of classical literature. And I think the reason we like it so much and we give it as gifts and we read it to our kids is because it's a story of potential and possibility. Oh, the places you could go. Like life could open up for you. So many new experiences that you could have. And we love those stories. We love them when they happen to other people. We especially love them when they happen to us. We love thinking about them when there's some part of our life that's not going real well. Like when there's a part of our life we wish were better or different, then we love to think of the different places that we could go. If If we're not too happy in our current job, we spend some time thinking about how great it would be if the perfect opportunity presented itself. I just was searching the internet, and I happened to find this great job, and I sent in an application, and I went for the interview, and I got it, and it has the best benefits and great vacation, everything you could possibly want, all the places I'm going to go. And then there's another part of my brain that's thinking about how great it would be to tell my current boss where they could take their job and shove it, right? Yeah, we have that part of us too. Uh, Some of us are single, and we spend some time thinking. What would it be like just to meet that perfect person? Like to round the corner and there they were. To be the next profile I see on match. To to sit down on the airplane and next to me is the one. And I look at her and she looks at me and we both know we're the one. And Celine Dion starts to sing and we know this is it. We get married and we have 2.4 kids and live in the suburbs and get a dog and life is great. Like we love those stories. We're thinking about investing in that stock and like overnight it skyrockets and my future is set. Or some of us aren't that industrious. We're hoping we win the lottery, right? Oh, the places I would go if I just had. We like those stories. We like to think Everything could change. Everything could be better. I have this great future ahead of me. Now, the good thing spiritually is that God thinks about your future too. And the Bible tells us that God even has plans for your future. Like God could have written, oh, the places you could go. Like I want you to go to some awesome places. Uh, we, we read verses like Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know, God speaking, for I know The plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Literally, God is saying, I know the thoughts that I'm thinking about you. I know what I'm thinking about your future, and it's good. It's for hope and future. It's for good things in your life. It's the idea of scheming in a a positive way contriving, plotting. God's saying, look, I'm, I'm always planning and scheming for your future. I know what I'm thinking about for you, and it's really, really good. This is the God that we serve. And he's not saying that he's planning a future where there are no struggles and there's no problems. That's not what he's saying. He's just saying, like, I really want good things for you. The problem with going to great places The problem with having these wonderful things open up to our future is that almost every time they require a decision, they require a choice. 
You have to decide something in order to walk through the door that just opened. You have to make a decision. You come to a crossroads in your life, and you could go right and you could go left. Which one do you go through? And which one is the, oh, the places I could go on the other side of? Dr. Seuss writes about this, by the way. He writes, you will come to a place where the streets are not marked. Some windows are lighted, but mostly they're darked. A place you could sprain both your elbow and chin. Do you dare to stay out? Do you dare to go in? How much can you lose? How much can you win? And if you go in, should you turn left or right, or right in three quarters, or maybe not quite? Or go around back and sneak in from behind? Simple it's not, I'm afraid you will find, for a mind maker upper to make up his mind. Dr. Seuss was right. We come to points in our life where there's a decision to be made, and sometimes they're not marked, mostly they're darked. Don't you wish when you came to a decision in your life, there was like a big neon sign with an arrow blinking? Go this way, go this way, avoid this spot, turn back now. Or, or, or maybe you're presented with a decision during the day, and you go to sleep that night, and you have this dream, and it gives you the perfect answer. Wouldn't that be awesome? Or if God could just email you, right? Like, gmail.com God like just a text could you could you snap me on snapchat can you can, can you make an Instagram story and then just let me go watch Instagram story and I know what my decision is that would be great but that's not the way decision making is most of the time there's not this big arrow and what what makes it more problematic is in the big decisions of our lives something's at stake like things could go wrong Seuss writes, you could sprain both your elbow and chin. Like things could go horribly wrong if you make the wrong decision. There's jeopardy in our decision making. Something could be lost or, or at a minimum, we wouldn't reach the full potential or, or the greatest outcome that we could reach. So there's this jeopardy when it comes to decision making that makes it difficult. We never felt this as kids. Do you remember being a kid? We never felt this tension of decision-making when we were kids, and I think there's a couple of reasons. One is because we just didn't make a lot of decisions as kids. There, there were very few things that were in our hands. You didn't choose what you ate when you were a kid. You just came to the table, and it was there, and mom said, eat it or starve, right? Dad threw chicken nuggets in the back seat, and you ate them. That's just what you did. You didn't, you didn't make decisions about about what you ate. You didn't decide what you wore as a kid. Like, just look at your pictures from when you were a kid. You would never have picked that out. And thank goodness, because now you can blame mom, right? Mom, why did you dress me like that when I was a kid? You didn't, you didn't make decisions. And the decisions you did make, they didn't have consequences. Like, nothing was really at stake based on which crayon you used, turquoise or sky blue or magenta or lime green, it didn't matter. And for most of us, we just had the eight pack anyway. It's not like we had a lot of choices. I got eight choices to color with. But nobody's 401k was affected by what you colored with. Nobody ended up in counseling because of a decision they made when they were two. Nobody got divorced 
because you decided to slide instead of swing first. Like the decisions we made as kids, we didn't make a lot of them, and nothing was at stake. Nobody carried a daytimer around as a kid, right? You didn't, you didn't schedule. Your, you didn't decide what you did. You didn't say, Billy, I'm kind of full up today. I mean, I can meet you in the sandbox at 1.15, but I've only got like 10 minutes. Now, you didn't plan out your day. You carried daytimer around as a kid. You, you didn't make any decisions. But now you're older, and you're making decisions all the time. Where to go to college and what to major in. What my career is going to be? Am I going to get married? Who am I going to marry? When am I going to get married? Are we going to have kids? How many kids are we going to have? Am I going to change jobs at my age? Going to change jobs? Are we going to move? Should we relocate? How are we going to sell the house? How much should we sell the house for? Where are we going to buy the next house? Like all of these decisions. It's not one decision, right? It's decision after decision after decision. They just keep coming and they all have consequences. Like there's something at stake as an adult when you're making decisions about right or left, go in or stay out. There is something at stake, and we feel this pressure. I, I, I don't want to make you paranoid or anxious, but I was thinking this week, you know, the decisions we're currently making, our current decisions, they affect all of the decisions we're going to make later on. I'll give you an example. Three years ago, I decided that, that we would start this church just three years ago. Pretty much all of the decisions I make now in, in my professional life, my career, my ministry, whatever you call this thing that I do, pretty much all of the professional decisions that I make are a result of a decision I made three years ago. If I had made a different decision three years ago, I would have a whole different set of decisions that I'm making right now. 25 and a half years ago, I decided to marry Julie Odom from Lexington, South Carolina, and she decided to marry me, fortunately. Um, we, we decided to have a kid, uh, and then we decided to have another kid, and we hadn't figured it out yet, so we decided to have another kid. <laughs> Julie couldn't keep her hands off of me. And like, oh, Those decisions, going back 25 and a half years ago, most of the decisions I make in my personal life are because of decisions I made 25 years ago and 14 years ago and 17 years ago and 18 years ago. So let's play this out. In three years from now, in five years from now, the set of decisions that you're going to have are going to be determined in some way by decisions you're making right now. Because decisions don't happen in a vacuum. Right? They don't just come and then they're done. We're done. Well, okay, made that decision, that's gone. Usually what happens is you make a decision and then a whole other set of decisions come behind that decision. So this is pretty important. That's why we're going to take the next four or five weeks. We're going to talk about this issue of how do I make good decisions most of us, as adults, we spend some time wrestling in our brain. Am I doing the right thing? Like, am I, are we making the right decision? Are we going to regret this later? Is this what we should be doing? We struggle with that. So we're going to talk about it. As we set it up, though, let me give you a couple of principles to keep in mind. One is simply that God has plans for us and wants us to discover those plans. We're, we're not adrift 
on a rock in the middle of the universe, aimlessly wandering. And there's a God, there's a creator of the universe who didn't just create the universe, he created you and me. And, and like he put breath into our lungs. And right now he's sustaining us, like he's keeping us breathing. It's because of him that our, our heart continues to be like, like God created you and knows you and cares about you and has plans for you. We read the verse from Jeremiah, for I know the plans, I know the thoughts, I'm thinking about you, and they're for your, for your good, they're for a hope and a future. I know the plans that I have for you. God has plans for you. God would say, like Dr. Seuss, all the places you'll go, I have things that I want you to do, and I want you to accomplish. Another principle. God wants us to make the best decisions for our life even more than we do. You ever think about that? Like God wants you to find the right path even more than you do. That's how much he cares about you. That's how much he sees your future. That's how much God knows what's good for you and what's harmful for you. Like God, God already knows that. And God's already pulling for you. God is not playing a hide-and-seek game with direction or with His will. We sometimes use that phrase. God's not playing hide-and-seek. God's not trying to play a guessing game like, ooh, can I keep them from finding the best for their life? Ooh, can I keep them from finding the right direction? That's not God. God wants you to find the best for your life even more than you do because He cares for you. He created you. He loves you. He knows your future. Another idea to keep in mind, God never gave two people the same path. As we're thinking about decisions and directions, God never gives two people the exact same path in life, the exact same decisions to make. Now, you can learn from other people and you should learn from other people. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. There's, you should have mentors and you should seek wisdom from other people. But here's what none of us can do. None of us can say, I'm just going to make all the decisions that person did. Well, this person did this in this decision, so I'm just going to photocopy what they did. God doesn't let anybody photocopy a life and then put it over their own. God, God has a specific life for you to live. When you read the Bible, God asked one person to build a boat and fill it up with animals. One person. That was, that was the decision that he was supposed to make. God asked one person to be the father of the nation. One person got that job. God gives Peter a particular direction for his life in ministry. God gives Paul a different direction for his life in ministry. God never says to two people, okay, you're going to do everything exactly the same. Can we learn from each other? Yes. Can we learn from each other's wisdom and experiences? Can we learn from the failures of other people? Let's please learn from their failures and not make those same mistakes. But God's not photocopying a life and implanting it on you. God is thinking thoughts for you. Another thing about the, the Bible as you read it, all of those people in the Bible that God took great places and did great things in, they all had to make decisions. Even, even when God said, this is what I want, Moses, I want you to lead my people to the promised land. It's going to be great. Oh, the places you'll go. It's going to be incredible. I have this wonderful plan. Moses had to say yes. Moses had to decide, I will be the leader that God is calling me to be. Noah had to pick up a hammer. David had to go down in a valley and fight a giant. Every one of them had to make 
decisions, and you and I do as well, and they're weighty, and they're heavy. And if we're honest, if you're an adult, you would like to not make decisions for a little while. Like, you ever been in that spot? Like, haven't I made enough decisions for one week? Can I just not make any more decisions? That would be awesome. That's not an option. Even deciding to not make a decision is making a decision. If you decide not to decide, you decided. We can't just cop out as adults. There's too much at stake. There's too much that God wants for us. He's thinking too many thoughts for us. Oh, the places we'll go. And here's kind of our foundational verse for this study. It's in Proverbs. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. It's a book of uh, life principles. This is how life will work best for you. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. Three questions as we go through this series. Three questions to keep in mind. Here's the first question. Am I honest enough to admit I need direction? I mean, before we start talking about decision making, can we just be honest enough to say, I don't always know the decision I, sh- I should make? Because our decisions aren't always between good and bad options, are they? And they, they're not always between doing something really, really awesome and doing something really, really criminal, right? They're not between being great and being a felon. Often they're between, well, this could be the right answer and that could be the right answer. I I have to come to a place where I'm honest enough to say, I can't make all the decisions of my life by myself. I need help. Lean not on your own understanding. Understanding means to sort everything out mentally or sort everything out in my mind, to separate all the issues out in my mind. Don't lean on, the proverb writer says, don't put your full weight on your ability to sort all the issues out. Now, God gave us a brain. He gave us a mind. He created us to be logical and to to reason. And so we need to use all of that. We'll talk about that in this series. I mean, we need to use our brain when we're making decisions. But the proverb writer warns, You can't put all of the weight of a decision on your ability to sort everything out mentally. Because you'll miss things. I'll miss things. I won't always see the big picture. The truth is, when it comes to decisions in my life, I'm often very biased about those decisions. I'm often prejudiced toward one particular answer. Like, I really want to do this. I really want the answer to be this. And so I'll skew all of the information toward the direction that I really want. And and God uses our desires. We'll talk about that later too. But none of us are completely objective when it comes to decision making, no matter how much we think we, we are. And so the proverb writer says, be careful. Use your brain. Reason, logic, good thing. Use your mind. Just don't put all of your weight on your ability to sort out all of the issues. Am I honest enough to know that I need direction? Second question, am I trusting enough to take directions? 
It's one thing to know that I need direction. It's another thing to actually listen when somebody gives me direction. Am I trusting? Do I, do I have people in my life that I trust enough to give me wise counsel? This, this is a difficult day to talk about trust. If you didn't know, it's Easter, but it's also April Fool's. Anybody already been a, a victim of an April Fool's joke? Yeah, this is not a good day to trust people. People are, people are not very trustworthy on April Fool's Day. I, um, uh, earlier in the week, I got my hair cut. You can compliment me on it after the service if you'd like. I got my hair cut like Tuesday, and I'm in the chair, and I never met the lady before. And we're, we're doing the haircut chit-chat, you know, that you have to do when you're getting your hair cut. And she comments, Sunday's Easter, it's also April Fool's. Yes, yes, ma'am, it is. Uh, she says, here's what I'm going to do when my grandkids come over. I'm going to tell them that I hid Easter eggs in the yard, but I'm not going to hide any in the yard. <laughs> You're a good grandma. <laughs> Here's my number when your grandkids have trust issues and need a therapist. Now, like, don't trust people on April Fool's Day. It's not a good day to trust people. Remember back before GPS when you had to ask people for directions? Guy, men, are you with me? Um, you're, you're, for 30 minutes, your wife had nagged. She had asked you if you would pull over and ask for directions. You remember being in the car, and she's asking you to pull over and get directions. And finally, you admit to yourself that you don't know where you're going, so you pull over and get directions, only to find out later the person gave you the wrong direction. Isn't that the worst like they told you to turn right. They got confused. They didn't really know where you were going. They just told you some. Because you don't know that you have the wrong directions for like an hour. It's like, well, he said it would be right here. Like you don't know immediately that somebody gave you the wrong direction. It can be tough to trust people getting directions. But you and I, if we're going to make wise decisions, we've got to trust enough to take direction. And the proverb writer says, this is where it needs to start. Getting wise counsel from other people is good. It's helpful. But you need to trust in the Lord. Like if you want to know where you can rest your future, if you want to know who you can depend on with all of your heart and all of your plans and all of your hurts and all of your past and all of your hopes, well, you can put that on the Lord. You can trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Why? Because He knows us. He created us. He made us. He knows our future. Right? He knows what's at the end of these two roads. He knows what happens if we go this way, and He knows what happens if we go this way. He can already see that. I can trust Him, and if that weren't enough. Like we've come today to be reminded that He died for you. Like I don't know who you trust for direction. I don't know who you trust with your life or with your decisions or with your kids. I'm going to tell you, if somebody will die for you, you can trust them. Like if somebody cares enough about you and your future and your hopes and your dreams and your possibilities to lay down their life, you can trust that person. And Jesus, God, becomes flesh. He becomes human. He walks this planet. He teaches and loves and heals and then he lays down his life on a cross for us so that we could be forgiven, so that our sin could be taken away. Jesus did that for us. That's how invested God is in you and in your future. 
that he'd die for you. You sometimes think of the resurrection as that, that thing that happened a long time ago. We think of the resurrection as a history lesson. Like way back then, this thing happened. We come on Easter for a history lesson about what happened. The resurrection is not just about what happened in history. It's about what Jesus' death can do for you today. The resurrection is not just about what happened back then. It's about what's happening in you now. Jesus died not just for back then. Jesus died for you today, for your future, for your plans, for your hopes and your dreams. That's how much He cares about you. You can trust Him, your whole heart. So am I, am I honest enough to know that I need help in decision-making sometimes? Am I trusting enough to take the direction that I get? And then the last question is, am I committed enough to follow direction? Like, will I do what God tells me? Like, like if God reveals this is the choice... Will I follow through? Will I believe Him enough to obey? That's what we're going to talk about. That's where we're headed. Like, do I trust? Can I put my whole life in His hands? And you can. But that begins not with whether I should go to this college or that college. That decision begins not with should I marry this person or that person? Or not get married at all. God is not just wanting to swoop in on the big decisions of our life. And that's sometimes how we treat Him. Oh, I got a big decision. I'm going to run to God now. Oh, this is a big decision. I'm going to run to God. I'll handle the other ones. But this is a big one. I'm going to run to God. God asks for our whole life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And, And that begins with... Me acknowledging I needed a Savior. I didn't just need a decision maker. I needed a Savior. I was in my sin. I was separated from God. I could not get myself back to God. So Jesus came to get me. Jesus came to lay down His life and to rise again for my life. Look, if if you've never made that decision, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, to the creator of all things who lived and died and rose again for you, that's the decision you need to make tonight. That's the decision this Easter you need to make. Say, God, I'm bringing my whole life to you. God, I'm putting my whole life under your authority. I want to go where you say go. I want to do what you say do. I want to receive grace and mercy and forgiveness that only comes through your death and resurrection. That's the greatest decision you'll ever make. Whatever other decisions you make in your life, they pale in comparison to the decision to surrender your life to Jesus. Would you pray with me? And this Easter, I just want to ask you, have you surrendered your life to Christ? Everything, not individual decisions, but everything. Like, my life is yours, Lord. My my life is under your authority. Like, I needed a Savior, and Jesus came and died for me and rose again. Take away my sin. 
Let me be forgiven. I want to receive your grace and mercy. If that's never happened to you, this needs to be the day that you decide. This needs to be the day that you surrender everything to Jesus. You follow him. So just in your own words, right where you sit, you could give your life to Christ. You can say, Jesus, I need you. I need you to be my Savior. I want to live for you. I want to have eternal life when I die and fullness of life while I'm alive. Just give your life to Christ. We'd be glad to talk with you more about that. I'll be in the hallway. You can let us know on that connection card. Hey, I committed my life to Christ or, or I'd like to talk to somebody about committing my life to Christ. I'd love to have that conversation with you. Others of us are here and there's some decisions that we're wrestling with. Decisions where things are at stake. There's jeopardy. There's weight. Some of us didn't even choose the decision. We woke up in our 40s or our 50s or our 60s and that career we thought we were always going to have, somebody took it away from us. We went to the doctor and suddenly we're faced with a list of decisions. You don't always get to choose those decision moments. But you can choose who to lean on. You can choose who to trust in those moments. So if that's you and if in any area of your life, you're making a decision and, and you want me to pray for you right now as we start this series. Nobody's looking around but me. Just raise your hand. Say, that's me. I, I got a decision in my life. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, life is a series of decisions. A series of crossroads. Some of them are easy. Some of them are obvious. Some of them are really weighty. There's a lot at stake. Help us not to lean on our own ability to sort everything out in our mind, but to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. Because the Bible says you'll make our paths straight. Multiple paths. The course of our life. You'll help us get it right. You help us make wise decisions. So help us to be honest enough to say we need it. And trusting enough to take it and committed enough to follow it. And thank you for guiding us through every decision we'll ever make. I pray it in Jesus' name.